Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Good morning. I made it. It's amazing. You should see what it's like from about Las Colinas South. It's a mess. Fire trucks everywhere and police. And I don't know who ran off the road first, the fire trucks or the cars. It's hard to tell. I'm slipping and sliding. But we're here. Glory to God. I'm expecting great things. You glad you're here? Good. Better here than in that hospital down the road there. Amen. You know, I came in the door and the ushers at the door, the greeters out there, shook my hand and had a sigh of relief and they said, thank God, now we don't have to listen to Eric's jokes. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) Why don't you turn with me this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 14, and we will begin around verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, 22, and I'm going to use the King James, the authorized one, and I do that on purpose this morning. You know, there are many good translations. There's some that aren't worth a flip. But, you know, with modern technology, I I have turned teenagers in churches into Bible scholars simply by introducing them to Bible apps. Because there's some of these, like the ones like we like to use, Olive Tree is wonderful. And you can download these Bibles and have the original language there at just the touch of a finger. And you can be a scholar. I mean, you can be like Martin Luther. Only it only takes you five minutes instead of 50 years. <clears throat> Translate the Bible for yourself. It's amazing what you can find. And, but in just straight English translations, the King James is still up there as one of the best in the top three anyway. They, they say the New American Standard is probably the most literal Hebrew, Greek to English. Right after that's the, the English Standard Version. And then... Ironically, the King James Version and New King James are about equal. But uh, if you really want to know what God's saying, now if you just want to kind of know kind of sort of maybe what God is saying, you know, in a roundabout way, then you lean over on over there to the Message Bible and some of those. You <laughs> and if you really want to know how long-winded God can be, you get you an Amplified Bible. And uh, really the Amplified would probably give you the more literal concept of what is said there. I used to hear Morris Cirillo preach, and he would say, let me read this to you out of the original language, and he'd read it out of the Amplified. (laughs) You find Matthew chapter 14 yet? Y'all alive this morning? I know it's cold, but listen, I've been sipping on a monster drink all the way from South Fort Worth to here, so I am ready to go. I'm loaded for bear this morning. Praise God. Verse 22, Matthew 14. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary 
And in the fourth watch of the night, that's probably two or three in the morning. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. Then Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Father, we thank you this morning for your anointing to preach and to teach your word. We thank you, sir, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for inspiration of thought and of speech. Give us ears to hear this morning. Lord, we've heard this story and read this text so many times, but shine a new light on it for us this morning in Jesus' name. Let us plumb a little deeper into it today and give us something that will be lasting and that will bear much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, we've heard this story over and over and over and people have preached on it. And <clears throat> it's really interesting. You know, Jesus had just come off of a big miracle, fed 5,000 men. And it tells you there that besides women and children, well, you know, in a lot of church services, you usually got two to one on women to men, plus kids. And let's just be practical, there wasn't any birth control back then, so they were doing like my grandma and, you know, manufacturing 12 at a time. <laughs> she did. Grandma on daddy's side had 12. Grandma on mama's side had 13. People wonder why I stayed single. I'm, I'm breaking that genetic curse. <laughs> but there's lots of folks. Guestimations are about 20,000 people. Can you imagine buying 20,000 filet of fishes at McDonald's? It would cost you $50,000 minimum. 50,000. And it's amazing, a lot of the miracles that you see in Jesus' ministry... When you really stop and think about it, yeah, people got healed or people got delivered or something like that, but the financial aspect of it too. Like the, in Mark 5, the woman with the issue of blood, it, it, it's, you know, we focus on the fact that she touched the hem of his garment and was made whole, but if you back up and look at it, it says that for, what, 18 years or so, she spent all that she had. And so, not only was it a miracle of healing, but she didn't have to spend any more money on doctors. It was a financial miracle. I was preaching at a church one time, and I haven't done this in years, but the Lord just laid it on my heart to, to and it was, you know, wasn't a big crowd, just 150 or 200 people, just have everybody get an offering envelope. And if they've got an offering, put it in there. If they don't, and just write their name on it, 
We're going to believe God for a breakthrough. And I had a bottle of oil up there. I anointed my hands and, and come up by families. And we would lay hands together on that envelope and believe for a breakthrough. Well, this couple, older couple came up. And that little old bald man was standing there. And I reached out and they're both holding on to each had an end of that envelope. I grabbed it in the middle. When I grabbed a hold of that envelope, he hit the floor. And he was healed instantly. And what I didn't know was he was spending over $1,000 a month out of his own money. Besides, that's what Medicare and all that wouldn't cover. Of his own money for prescription medication that he needed. Well, he got a $12,000 a year miracle. <laughs> Isn't that something? And so they've just come off of this $50,000 miracle feeding those folks. And he sends the disciples away and he goes to... And he's going to send the crowd away. And he's going to go pray for a little while. And by the time he gets through praying, anybody ever known anybody that prayed that long? Boy, I knew some folks prayed that long. And I mean, I remember when I was at Christ for the Nations. And there was a group of students there from Argentina. I'm still in contact with them. They pastor massive churches now. I mean, 70,000, 80,000 people, some of them. And so... But this was the, the son and daughter of one of the great Argentine revivalists. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, Cabrera, Claudio Cabrera. And so Omar Cabrera is the dad. And he had a 100,000-member church then. And so these students, they, they said we went, they were so disappointed looking at, at lunch that, that next day. And I said, well, what's the matter? They said, we don't understand these American Christians. And I said, why? What happened? They said, we were invited to a prayer meeting last night. And we came, and we had everything we needed. We had a blanket. We had a pillow. We had everything we needed. And people looked at us and said, what are you doing with all that? And they said, for the prayer meeting. They said, why? They said, in case we get tired and the floor gets hard. They said, we're only going to be here 30 minutes. They said, 30 minutes? They said, what did you think? They said, all night. If you call a prayer meeting in Argentina, we pray all night. And, and you wonder why they got 100,000 members in their church. Amen. There's a whole lot about American Christianity. Is, uh, the, you know, the longer I live, Eric, and the, the more I look and watch, and then I read the Bible, and then I look at American evangelical Christianity, I think American evangelical Christianity is really fantasy land. They ask for stuff they're not promised. They try to live in ways they shouldn't. They expect God to do things he never said he would do. And then they get mad and discouraged and leave church and wonder what's wrong with everybody. The church is full of hypocrites, you know. Because they didn't get it their way. Good morning. That's true. But when you look at, at, at these stories and really put them together, Jesus has sent the multitudes away. He's prayed all night. And now it's two or three in the morning and those disciples are in the ship. They were told to go to the other side. And it's really a short little trip. I mean, it shouldn't have taken very long. I mean... Even if only half of them were rowing, it shouldn't have taken very long. But the wind 
came up. And it said that the wind was contrary to them. In that Greek word, it means that it was an adversarial wind. It was like an enemy constantly trying to keep them back. Everything they tried to do, it became, the wind became an adversary to oppose them. And I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but you know, they're, they're out in that boat, you know, those rowboats, you know, you're, you're facing this way, but you're going that way, and they're rowing. And every time they row, it seems like one row forward, and that wind hits them, and two rows back. And one row forward, and two rows back. And they're not making any headway. And they're struggling. I mean, they started, it, when the story starts, it said it was just evening. The sun's just starting to go down. So figure what? 8 o'clock, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. Six or seven hours they have been constantly rowing this boat and they're only halfway across. They're only halfway to their destination. They're only halfway to where God told them to go. And so now they're tired. They've been rowing all night. They've been trying to do what Jesus told us to do. He said, go over there. So we're trying to go over there. And they're rowing. And they're rowing for seven hours until they're worn out. Anybody here ever row a boat? You know, I'm going to tell you right now. If most of us, especially me, if I got in a boat trying to row that boat, about 15 minutes, and I'm like, turn that motor on and, and take us on across. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And so they're rowing this thing, and they're tired, and they're fatigued, and they're stressed. They're stressed because of the wind and this storm that keeps holding them back. They're stressed and tired because they can't get to where they're supposed to go. They want to please Jesus. With all their heart, they want to please Jesus. We know they do. Some of them left all they had in order to follow Him. They left families and businesses. Peter had a thriving business. They estimate he had 200 employees. Peter. And that's archaeological evidence that they found. 200 employees. That's a lot of employees. He left it all. Probably left it to his wife. She's probably running the business anyway. Isn't that right, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> rowing. And rowing. Until they're worn out. Anybody ever been there? How about 2017? Are you worn out? Oh, this has been some kind of year. It's been a year of rowing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's been a rowing year. Oh, God. Rowing. 2018's over there. Got to get there. Rowing. Just one day away now. Got to get there. Got to get there. Rowing. Rowing. And then that wind. Oh, weren't we just here? Why do we keep repeating this over and over again? Why can't we make any headway? Why can't we just, I mean, get a little farther along than where we've been? We've got to make some headway here. Rowing until they're just worn out. Tired. You ever been there, Nathan? Just tired. Tired like your wife gets of you. Just tired. They're newlyweds. 
She sent me a prayer request. Pray that I don't kill him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I said, hide the guns from yourself. No. <laughs> Tired. And in the midst of that weariness, and I'm going to tell you something, because they're just humans like we are. You know when you get tired and you've been fighting this thing and trying to get there at least once, but probably over and over and over, somebody said, God, help us. Help us. We're not able to do this on our own. We need some help. Anybody been there? You just need some help. Sometimes it just gets rough and you're tired and worn out and you just need somebody to help. I wish people would use Facebook more for just encouraging people instead of just stupid stuff that they put on there in, in politics and all that kind of mess. I mean, help somebody. Put a word on there that encourages somebody. But if you don't know what to say, if you got a choice between something stupid and putting a scripture on there, put a scripture on there. Encourage somebody. Edify somebody. Somebody might look across that and get lifted up. I know I've looked across some on there sometime. I get up in the morning. I don't, I don't feel like getting up that morning. And I look at my phone and I just turn it on and, and something might pop up and, and somebody way over in Timbuktu may put something on there that, you know, the God of all strength and encouragement, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Or David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yeah, I can encourage myself too. Some kind of a reminder. If God lays it on your heart, maybe you need to share that. And I'll tell you, if you'll begin to do that, God will start to use you a little more little more because really that's the spirit of prophecy if you just encourage because that's what it does it edifies it exhorts people it builds them up amen hallelujah and so they're tired and they said god help us help us seven hours god help us until they're worn out and then jesus comes walking on the water now let me tell you something. They've seen him do some pretty amazing things. Raise the dead. Heal crippled people. Open blind eyes. Unstop deaf ears. Fed 20,000 people with five little loaves and two little sardines. 50,000. I mean 20,000 people. $50,000 worth. They just saw that one. And here he comes walking on the water. But they're so tired when they see him. Ah! So they cried out for fear. Let me tell you something. You can get so tired and so wore out that when your help shows up, it might scare you a little bit. You know what I mean? I've had some situations when my help showed up, I, it, I was like, him? God's going to use him? Yeah. God use anybody. It's like that little old lady that, well, she wasn't old, but she was a, a widowed mother, had four or five kids, no income, and uh, lived in a little house, and they ran out of groceries. And But she prayed every day. All the windows of her house opened up. I had a friend like that, my friend Fernando Silva. Maybe he'll come here with me sometime. But his mother, she's one of my, my prayer partners now. 
she stepped in to fill some shoes when one of my original praying mamas passed on. And let me tell you, Mary Silva, oh, that woman will pray. And when Fernando were exactly the same age, when he was about seven, eight, nine years old, he'd be outside playing. And they'd hear his mom and they'd say, hey, Fernie, what's, what's the matter with your mama? I said, why? I said, well, she's in there screaming in some kind of a foreign language. I mean, what's she doing in there? Because you could hear her all the way down the street. She was going after it. But let me tell you something. Her prayers, <laughs> he rebelled against God and was sitting on a bar stool with some friends one time. And he's sitting there, all of a sudden, he just instantly sobered up. And he said, I got to go home. And he turned around, went out and got in his car and went home. And his friends got in the car and they went. I think one of them was killed in an accident that night. And he would have been with them. And he got home and she's in there on the living room on her face on the couch praying until he walked in that door. She got it done. Amen. Sometimes when you're praying for something and the answer comes, it can shock you. And that's what they they weren't expecting it that way. That's one of the problems with us Christians sometimes. And maybe it's TV age. I don't know. We, I know it's, maybe it's just me. I have a very, very active imagination. And I have to fight my active imagination. Because I pray, oh God, I need this done. And then I sit there and I go, oh, now he could do this. He could bring this over here. And then she could come and bring the other half of it. And they could do this. And then, yeah, that'd work great. Now, okay, Lord. It doesn't happen that way at all, you know. But I had it all figured out. I knew exactly how it was going to You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I have it all figured out. And God just surprised you. You know, we're not going to do it that way. Amen. God will bless you from unexpected sources. He'll help you in, in ways you didn't think you'd do it. And walking on the water. There he is. They're out here with this adversarial wind blowing at them. Tired. There he is. Ah! It's a ghost. That's a ghost. He's not dead. They knew he was dead. But, you know, scared minds don't make any sense. And Peter, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come to you out there. That's... Peter, you got to hand him one thing. He did have, a, he had a good imagination. I mean, if it was crazy, he'd do it. Jesus said, come on. And he stepped out of that boat and began to walk on the water. Now, that's interesting because under the old covenant, it said God alone walks upon the sea. <laughs> you think he doesn't want to make a little God out of you? That's another subject for another time. And there's Peter and Jesus walking on the water. And then it says, but when Peter saw the wind boisterous. Well, how do you see the wind? You see what it does. You, you hear it. You get the sensations of it. It's talking about his five physical senses. When with his five physical senses, he perceived the wind. And this is what is interesting. The reason I use the King James is because it says, when he saw the wind boisterous. And I looked in other English translations and even New American and these really good ones, they leave that word out. And it's in the Greek. How about that? See, even the best of translations, you're at the mercy of somebody's seminary training to a certain extent. That's why they do checks and balances, and it's a real intensive 
ordeal translating the scripture, at least for publication. But they left it out. I can't imagine why. Because the word is there, boisterous. It means an aggressive, violent, I get this, sustained wind. Sustained. Come on, right down here. My darling sister is here. This beautiful girl is my baby sister. You made it. Sorry to embarrass you, but, you know, we're family. Pastor Eric Holler, Pastor Heather Holler. This is Sherry Holbrook, my sister. We, we both fought all the junk trying to get here. Didn't have a wreck, did you? I see, answered prayer. I was worried about all those other drivers out there. Did you? I figured. She got a lot of converts this morning, she says. <laughs> this boisterous, it is a sustained wind. Sustained. The difference between a tornado and a hurricane is sustained. These guys are out in that boat rowing, and every time they get a little ways, the wind, whoosh, push them back. Just come in and push them back. Nothing sustained about it. They just, they get a little way, and they push back. It's just aggravating. It's agitating. You you know, you think you got it, and, whoosh, and that's how most of life is. You just, you think you got it, and whoosh, the devil comes in, and you just keep trying to work past it and work past it. But when Peter, oh, I love this, when he crossed over that, that line, because nobody walks on the water. It's one thing to be rowing in a boat. Everybody does that. But to walk on the water, he, has, he is now pushing his faith beyond the norm, beyond what is religiously expected, beyond what people are supposed to do. We don't do that at our church. We dunk them at our church. We don't walk on it at our church. <laughs> well, if we got a church where we can get them to walk on the water. <laughs> I've seen those people where they have to walk on the hot coals, you know. You join the group, you walk the hot coals, you know. How about if you want to be saved and join our church, you've got to walk across that baptistry. <laughs> That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Of course, if we did that, we'd have to bring snakes in here too, so. <clears throat> yeah, drink some strychnine and all that stuff. <laughs> but when Peter got out, you see a tornado comes in and it hits you. Boom. It could have the same speed of winds as a hurricane. But the destruction of a tornado is that it is a sudden thing. Boom. It hits and then whoo, it's gone. And it just leaves damage. The reason why a hurricane causes so much more damage is because it, it hits, but then it stays. And the wind is sustained. You come in, a tornado comes in, 80, 90, 100 mile an hour wind and hits you, boom, and then goes on and it calms back down again. But a hurricane hits you with a 120 mile an hour wind and it stays and just keeps on blowing and doesn't let up for hours sometimes. Blows and blows and blows. 
until it just levels things in its path. Because a lot of things it, that could have resisted a tornado, sudden boom, it can't resist when it's sustained. Because a sustained wind applies even pressure continually. And that's what Peter experienced the moment he stepped out of that boat and he stretched his faith to the next level. All of a sudden, what the enemy was doing was just knocking that boat around a little bit. Now it is a sustained attack. And he's walking to Jesus. And hey man, my faith is working. But all of a sudden, the wind blows and doesn't quit blowing. And he's trying to walk and it just keeps on blowing. He's thinking, well, it'll let up in a second. It always does. But this is sustained and keeps blowing and keeps blowing until suddenly he starts paying more attention to this sustained attack and he begins to sink. Now I've seen the movies about Jesus and all of that and Peter's walking on the water and the wind blows across. He goes, ah. And all of a sudden, kerplunk. You know. Well, I can't find kerplunk in the Bible anywhere. And except maybe in the book of Acts where they baptized people. There was a kerplunk, but this is a different thing. But this is a sustained wind hitting him. And all of a sudden, it says, beginning to sink. Now, I have heard of people dying of sudden heart failure. I have heard of people dying of sudden liver failure. And sudden kidney failure. Airplanes have fallen out of the sky because of sudden engine failure. We had a cousin that flunked school because of sudden brain failure. Amen. But I've never heard anywhere in the Bible of sudden faith failure. Now faith can come on you suddenly. You hear the word and it comes and something comes alive in you. But once that measure of faith is imparted... It does not fail suddenly. Morning. Faith does not fail suddenly. Something sustained has to distract you off of your faith with enough time and enough persistence that if you get your eyes off of the author and finisher of your faith and began to wonder because you won't just suddenly go, excuse me Jesus look at that oh. that doesn't happen begin to look begin to perceive and it doesn't let up and you don't stay in the word, the word incarnate told me come to him and so I'm not keeping my focus on the Word. And I began to divert my focus onto this sustained, violent attack. And Peter began to sink. And it was when he began to sink that he said, Jesus, save me. Now, 
I don't know how far he sank, but I think he probably had enough sense since he had lived his life on that sea and knew that sea. That's what was his business. I think as soon as the water splashed over the tops of his shoes, he realized, oh, something is not right. You see, sometimes getting cold feet can be a good warning sign to you. Are you listening? I, the Lord said that to me coming up here a while ago. We were driving through all of that cold, and my feet got cold in the car, and I was thinking about this. And he said, sometimes getting cold feet's a good warning. I said, yeah, that's pretty good. I'd write that down, but I'm driving. I just remembered it. His feet got cold. Now, a lot of people, when their feet get cold, they open their mouth, oh, my God. I guess I'll die like Grandma did with this. And they just sink more and more and more and more until they're finally sunk. But Peter turned back to the word. He said, Jesus, word in the flesh, save me. And Jesus said, Peter, why did you doubt? You see that little bit of doubt, little bit of doubt. What caused him to doubt? That sustained attack, that wind boisterous caused him to doubt. And he began to sink. Jesus lifted him right back up, right back to where he was before. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is not interested in, in making you stay down, making you learn your lesson. I'll, I'll leave him down there for just a little while. He'll, he'll figure out not to do that again. No, no, no. Lifted him right back up and just said, why did you doubt? And the two of them walked back in the boat. And as soon as they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Ceased. I don't know what some of you are going through this morning. What 2017 has meant for you. What it's done to you. <laughs> some of you have been rowing. Spent the whole year rowing. You're not any farther along than you were January the 1st of this year. But Jesus is coming to your aid. And this is the time when he wants you to really stretch your faith. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. Don't let your help scare you. He's coming to help you. And I believe 2018 is going to be a turnaround year. A turnaround year. It's going to be a year of notable miracles. The book of Acts, it says that God did notable miracles. That means things that are of note. You just have to write it down. People are like, wow. Sunday before Thanksgiving, I was preaching in Alvarado, Texas. And I was ministering like this. I, you know, I walk around and... There was a man sitting two or three rows back over here. I didn't know him. If, if I've seen him before, I don't remember it. And I walked back there and put my hand on his shoulder while I was talking, and I just said, Sir, the healing power of God is going into your body right now. And he just kind of nodded his head. I left it at that. I didn't ask any questions. Forgot about it, actually. Went on about my business. <clears throat> 
the next week, it's right after Thanksgiving, Monday, following Monday after Thanksgiving, that pastor called me and he said, I have to tell you something. He said, that man that you put your hand on and you said God's healing power is in him, he said, you remember that? I said, no, not really, I kind of, you know. And he said, he was battling stomach cancer and doctors didn't give him any hope and they were doing all kinds of treatment well that was Sunday on Tuesday or Wednesday right before Thanksgiving he went back for his regular medical consultation whatever they were doing and the doctor examined him and said we need to look at some other stuff here he said why he said I don't know but we need to check some other things and they checked him all of the cancer had disappeared Hallelujah. All of it. <laughs> he had a good Thanksgiving. He ate turkey, anything he wanted to. No problem. No cancer. And the Lord spoke to me and said, 2018 will be a year of notable miracles. And I talked to my, you know, the Bible says let prophets speak two or three. Now we confirm things. We find out we're hearing right. I talked to a prophet, Cindy Jacobs, a dear friend of mine. And I said, because she kind of runs in different camps than I do, you know, different flavors of prophetic ministry. <clears throat> and I said, among your peers, I said, now this is what I heard the Lord say, 2018 would be a year of notable miracles. What are they, what's the consensus among your prophetic peers? She said, exactly right. Exactly right. Every, all the prophets are hearing this. Kenneth Copeland's saying it'll be the year of the Holy Ghost and fire. Well, that's right in there along with it. Notable miracles. So we're talking about there in Alvarado starting a once a month healing miracle service down there. And just jump on that wave. And if that's the word of the Lord, then we'll jump on it and just see where God takes us with it. But notable miracles. Some of you need a notable miracle in 2018. You need a notable miracle today. And the Spirit of God is here. He sent me. I know He sent me. And it wasn't easy. Not that I need a pat on the back, but it was a mess getting over here. Because I knew God was going to do something today. So I want us to stand. And if you need a miracle, I, need, I want you to raise your hand up. It could be healing, financial. Man, it's a lot of folks. Why don't y'all just come on down here with me? Just come on down. I think we're doing, oh, yeah, we're doing just fine. Sure. Doing just fine. I mean, we can get through this, and God will move, and Pastor Heather won't be mad at me for going overtime. And, Father, you told us if we need anything to ask. Jesus, you said whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Let me tell you something. This is good to know. In the Greek language, in that text, when Jesus said, I will do it. That word, I will, 
is the strongest, most emphatic word in all of the Greek language. Did you know that? It's the strongest word. You cannot get any stronger, any more emphatic than I will. And Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it for you. Great theologian named P.C. Nelson. He told Brother Hagen and several young men that he was talking to one time. He said that word is so strong and so emphatic that the implication is Jesus said, ask anything in my name and if I don't have it, I'll create it for you. That's strong stuff. And so, Father, today we're asking. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for miracles today. In Jesus' name. Miracles today. Miracles today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This will be your miracle year, 2018. Ha, ha, ha. Stuff you've been expecting for years now. It's going to show up this year. Get ready. Miracles. Miracles. In Jesus' name. Give us a miracle. Give us a miracle. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We agree. Believe in you for a miracle. Thank you, Lord. Miracle. You're going to have an encounter with God this next year. He's going to walk into your life in a way you never expected. He's going to change you. He's going to set the course of your life. Right now, it's like, I could do this, I could do that. I could do... It's all going to become a singularity this year, 2018. You're going to know what your calling is. You're going to know what your destination is. And God, by His power, will set you on that course. If you'll step into it, I think you will. Miracle, Lord. Miracle. Miracles. Miracles, Lord. Yeah. He'll turn it around and bring it all back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, He will. Bring it all back. Plus, overflow. Overflow. You'll have a surplus when He's done with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we like surplus. Thank you, Lord. God of more than enough. Miracle. God of the overflow. Miracle. God of the miraculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, you're getting it good. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Miracles. Miracles. Don't cry over that anymore. Begin to laugh at it. Just begin to laugh at it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you laugh at it, you'll see it change. <laughs> if you laugh at it, it'll change. I know you feel like crying at it, but laugh at it. It'll change. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Miracles in Jesus' name. Miracles. Miracles. Whew. Yeah. 
All right. Endocrine system. <laughs> Just balance right out there. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. Okay, just hold my hand right there. There you go. I don't know if that'll help, but you're being healed right now. You're being healed right now. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.